It's Wednesday, August 29th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 495 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 47 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. And my name's Chad. Absolutely no announcements, so let's get straight to it. We've got Discord. We've got forums. We have a Facebook presence. Check them out. We yeah. also have a Patreon. I'm also trying to get us listed in some new places, sort of like on Google Podcasts now. In addition to Google Play, we're now on Google Podcasts. And I've got us in the queue to get listed on iHeartRadio. Hmm. I don't know if we're there yet or not, but that's in addition to Stitcher. Point being, wherever you find podcasts, you can probably find us. And if you find one that we are not on, but you'd like to see us on, email me at dan at feartheboot.com. So you can ignore it? No. Actually, now that I tied it, we moved our email off of Smarter Mail and onto Google. Right. And I now have my personal email and the Fear the Boot email Mm -hmm. tied together. And as a result, I actually see and answer my email messages. So if hmm. you do see someplace you'd like to see us listed, but we're not, like I said, hit me up at uh, dan at feartheboot.com, and I will try to get us put on there so we're easier for you to consume. We do also have a second podcast, which is our actual plays. Yep. There's two of them. One that's a Deadlands game that Chris is running called Young and Holt, and then one that I am running, Skies of Glass 1, which we've referenced many times. So I know the name is Young and Holt. But when you said it, the first thing that I thought you said was young and old. <laughs> it's Chris Hussey running it. So. Right. Yeah, it's Chris Hussey and one of his great-great-great-grandchildren. There's like this biblical passage that explains like mm-hmm. who begot Chris Hussey begat so-and-so, begat right. so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat Moses, on and on and on. Then eventually, somewhere near the end of Numbers, we hit Chris Hussey's kid. Mm-hmm. So that's at ap.feartheboot.com. No W's. I don't know why we're rattling all this off, but right, okay, because we never do. I, that's true. We really yeah. don't. We don't self-reference, right? I mean, we reference like content of our own. Mm-hmm. We mention obviously the actual play or right. our, the games we play or write or run or whatever. But yeah, we don't really mention our own URLs all that yeah. often. And like I said in the beginning, we have a Discord. We have a very active Discord. It's a lot of fun. Chat channels, text channels, that sort of thing, and our forums—they're still around. Yeah, <laughs> they're still active. As is the Facebook group and yeah. everything else. So, all right, Google Plus group not so much. Yeah, uh, but nobody uses Google right. Plus. So, <laughs> rounding error. We're not on like Usenet either. But <laughs> all right, so let's get down to it. The topic we're going to talk about today is handling benched characters. We're going to give an example from the mm-hmm. Skies of Glass game. But if you're not following that, I've got some examples of this from other games. And so this is a concept that I think you can apply about regardless of game. I guess there are a few settings or a few games where this really just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I think it can come up in most games. If all your hit points come back after a long rest, it probably doesn't come up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it still could. Let's take D&D as an example. So let's say you're playing a game of D&D and your character's low on hit points and expended all of his or her spells... And isn't that great with non-combat abilities? And I realize this doesn't happen as much in 5th edition because of the cantrips. Mm -hmm. So you always have something to keep you in there. 
But especially in prior versions or if you're playing Pathfinder or something like that, you can eventually run dry of anything meaningful to contribute, particularly in a spell casting class or if you're a fighter who's on the brink of death. Mm-hmm. And so there comes a point where your presence becomes almost a burden to the party. Right. And there's a real limit to what you can contribute to the situation. Yeah, not just in combat, but also in role playing as well. Especially if you're trying to role play the level of injury that you have right. or the amount of resources that you've burned. If you're really trying to be consistent about that degree of fatigue. In the Skies of Glass game, we had a really simple one. Mm-hmm. Chad's character got shot mm-hmm. and and survived. Yeah, and th- this is not a hit point game. It's a wound-based game. Mm-hmm. And the wound that he received was not quite one point off of, but just a little bit off of a fatal wound. Right. And so he was pretty far down there. And so from a descriptive standpoint, this is a bad injury. He's mm-hmm. not had his heart puncture or something. Right. But this is definitely a shot that went right through the rib cage, Mm -hmm. did some serious damage. He is in bad shape. Now, it happens that the party includes someone who is a trained surgeon with modern levels of training, not a glorified vet with some... Not a, a bone saw. And, <laughs> you know, this and guy leeches. And it's not some like orcus mechanic, right. you know. He really can actually heal people. And he actually did have some amount of modern medicine that was on him, such that he was able to stabilize Chad's character's injuries mm-hmm. and keep his wounds from getting worse, thereby saving his life. So his character's on the road to recovery. Right. But he's still recovering from a near fatal wound yeah and so his character has a bunch of stat penalties and from a role-playing standpoint is in really bad shape Mm -hmm. he's lost a lot of blood he's hopped up on opioids yeah he's screwed right yeah the party is moving there's things going on there's interactions going on there's lively debates and big plot bombs and huge character moments and big movements in the story and for the characters and stuff. And they are physically on the move. They're not operating out of like a town or a city or something like that. And I just found that the next game after, after Gil got shot, he couldn't contribute or even really effectively participate. And that will probably be the case in the next game as well. Right. Because the next game's taking place pretty quickly thereafter. Yeah. Like they crawled down into a sewer for really good reasons. I've got a hole in my chest. I'm not crawling down in a sewer. I can barely get out of the passenger seat of a truck. I can barely get out of the truck. And even that, every bump the truck is making probably hurts. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then also going down into the sewer, he's going to risk infection. And now I realize things like infection are not generally dealt with in most role-playing games. Mm -hmm. But still, you can hit these points where your character has expended so much in terms of resource mm. or hit points or whatever that they're reaching about zero. Yeah. And my character is effectively benched. Unless everyone role plays in game physically around my character, even then I was having trouble interacting because I'm trying to kind of roll. I'm not going, oh my God, I can't talk. It's, it's more like I'm trying to role play that he's not altogether there because he's hopped up on pain meds. And he just can't interact like he used to. He is a loud, gregarious hole, and he can't be that. Nobody's that tough in a hospital bed. Right, right. 
my first suggestion that I would usually give in a situation like this is let some time pass. Yes. In D&D, Wayne, there's your long yep. rest. In Skies of Glass, okay, you roll into a, a town. Two, yeah, whatever. you spend a few weeks in a town. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, okay, you guys have enough cash or things to trade that you guys find a, a, a tavern or you find somebody's house that's willing to take you on as a house mm-hmm. guest. And whatever the case is, you right. guys make camp and you rest for a couple weeks until the whole party's recovered and mm-hmm. healed up and ready to go again. And maybe you're not perfect, but you're well enough along that you can at least participate again. Once again, D&D, there's your long rest. Savage Worlds, whatever. You just let some time pass, and almost every role-playing game I've seen has a mechanic where as time passes, the resources you've expended or the health that you've lost does come back to you. Shadowrun, I don't know where they're at in 5th edition, but I know in prior editions, they had between-run recovery mechanics where based on the level of medical care you had and how much money you had on hand and whatever your lifestyle, I think, figured into it, you got a certain amount of dice to roll to try and work off your injuries so you were healed up by the next run. And so, you know, that time Mm -hmm. lets things pass. But in this particular situation, it could be done. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys could stop and wait for a couple of weeks for Guild to bounce back. Right. But the group has opted not to do that because the group is already on the move from a yeah. town that got blown up. It's, to, n- it's not safe yeah. where we're at. Yeah, and it's, it's not safe where you are, and you're headed to some place that's dangerous, and I think there's an amount of anxiousness on the part of the player characters to get that over with, to get that confrontation done. And so the party isn't stopping. Mm-hmm. And so my usual solution to this is gone. Right. It's just not what the party's choosing to do. So I remember Blades in the Dark had a mechanic of a character could be taken out and then it actually right. tells you play a different character. Play a different character. Yeah. That's the only game I can think of where it actually says in the rules, create another character yeah. or play. I think Call of Cthulhu is like that too, because you have a character who goes nuts. You stuff them in an, an insane asylum for a little while. You play a different one, then pull that one out. But yeah. And I guess Dungeon Crawl Classics right. is like that, where it's the same thing. Your character is expected to die, so you have this parade of characters. <laughs> but, all right, so Wayne, let's go to that one, because that would be my second option, mm-hmm. is have them play somebody else. So your character's benched. All right, we got to leave this person behind or have them sit it out. Here's an NPC you can play in the interim. Yeah. And... Chad, in your case, though, one of the other NPCs is uh, also in really bad shape right along with right. you. In fact, worse shape. Yeah. There are still some NPCs in the party that if you said, you know what, I want to leave Gil set until he heals, mm-hmm. I would happily allow you to play one of these NPCs. Right. So let me just go straight to the mm-hmm. horse's mouth here. Why have you opted not to play an NPC? So for two reasons. One, in this fight where Gil got shot, Wayne's character was killed. So Gil's actually doing pretty good in <laughs> all things considered. I don't know. A new Wayne dropped out of the forest top, well, like pitfall style, and he's good to go. Well, see, that's the thing is I don't want to have another character erupt from the earth because we just had one do that, which was fine. We can kind of like hang a, hang a lampshade on that. Well, and add on top of that, we had an NPC become a PC as right. well. Rodor joined the AP again, and he took over an NPC. Yeah. 
And it's not that, he, oh, he took over the choice NPC. Well, it it's more that, again, that's fine. We'll hang a lampshade on that and we'll kind of suspend disbelief. Well, if suddenly everybody's stepping into other characters and other NPCs all the time, it, it just... Uh, I, I don't know. I think it gets so, stupid. All right. Now, I definitely would not have you play a new NPC. Right. All right. But let's say that I had taken one of the existent NPCs that we've already established, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the scout from Dixon who's still unaccounted for. Yeah. Whether it's Hearts. Mm-hmm. Molly is incapacitated, but Hearts is still there. Whether it's Fat Tony. Whether it's the King. Bill Jr. Right. from <laughs> the town that you guys just passed through. Yeah. There are other NPCs that are already established sure. that I could have put you in the shoes of, but half those have a very distinct voice that is not my voice. Yeah, And that's why I never want to take over NPCs is because to me, they already have a voice. Uh, the one character, Fat Tony, he is a very distinctive. I mean, he has an accent. He has these quirks. He has this background that I love interacting with, but that I, Chad, am not plugged into. And if I took Fat Tony over and I started doing the hey, bada bing, bada boom sort of thing, it would be a different character. I would lend it a different voice that wouldn't be correct. And it would, I might as well just make a new character. Yeah. You know, some of the others like Gil Jr. I mean, this, this is just going to be me bitchy. I I just don't want to play a kid. At least not right now. And then Hearts, Hearts seems to be serving a purpose within the group that if I took him over, I would take him away from that purpose, it seems. And is there enough connection and personality there that I can expand it? Or am I just puppeting this guy until two months passes and we can have Gil have an excuse to make an appearance? Yeah, and you know what? You're not wrong because in the case of Hearts... I, and I would still want to do kind of a solo episode at some point mm-hmm. explaining hearts and right. m- my take on how to play an artificial intelligence and the types of artificial intelligences mm-hmm. and things like that. But in the case of hearts, he's not got a strong personality, if any at all. Right. And so as a result, it would require you very much to, in a way, punch out a role playing. Yeah. You would have a body through which to interact with the world. Mm-hmm. But that's really about the extent of what you'd have. Yeah. In the case of the the kid, mm-hmm. for anyone not listening to the actual play, he's about 10. Right. And you guys are going to a really bad place. And one of the things that the group asked for when we were starting the game up was to not deal with violence against children. Sure. Where you're going, I don't know that I could plausibly right. have them be hands off just because you're a kid. Right. They're not going to care. Well, and if even if I play the kid where he stays out of trouble, I mean, you get caught in a firefight, and it yeah. again, I just don't. It's want bad to, things yeah. happen. All right, so maybe here part of the issue is we've already got somebody who switched a character, mm-hmm. already the, had an NPC drop in, already had an NPC drop in, and some of the other NPCs don't make really good choices for role play. And I know that there's somebody out there thinking this because this is what I was thinking too. Well, if you don't listen, Gil has a motorcycle separate of the vehicle that everyone else is in, why not just leave him in the town you're in with his motorcycle and just say he recovers? And I can play someone else. We'll figure it out. But in two months, Gil comes out of the off the horizon of his motorcycle, and there he is. Or they come back and pick him up. The problem with it is Gil is an incredibly horrible person. He's <laughs> an asshole. He's not a nice person. And... I don't think these guys 
reasonably so, would leave any trail for him to follow, nor could I believe it that they would come back for him. They wouldn't kill him. They wouldn't leave him out in the middle of the desert to die or something, but they could reasonably say, oh, man, should we go back for Gil? I'm sure he's okay now. Oh, well, we got some other stuff to do. Yeah. You know, it's been nice and quiet without Gil here. You know, I haven't been noogied in a week. It's my old character would have come back for him. Right. My new one wouldn't. No, no. <laughs> but I still think, though, for a lot of games, mm-hmm. for a lot of situations, throwing an NPC in the mix or a temporary PC for the person to play is a good way to handle it. In fact, game masters, I would advise not just for this purpose. But for other reasons, because NPCs allow you to nudge the party in certain directions or to notice facts they've missed mm-hmm. or whatever, which you don't want to overdo. Right. But nonetheless, it's, it is good to kind of have something in there you can mess with. But Game Masters, it is also possible that an established NPC can be an insurance policy mm-hmm. to do things like accommodate a player whose character just died or a player who's joining the group or a player who's passing through town that week and only can play for one week, but you don't want to introduce some random new person. Right. And so I think it's a good idea to at least contemplate, not a one size fit all, but Mm -hmm. contemplate having an NPC in the group for this purpose. Right. Not just this purpose, make them a good character, give them other reasons to exist, make them good enough that even if no one ever plays them, Mm -hmm. people will still be glad they were there. But don't make them too good, though. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, and see, that's the, that was the great thing about Marlene. That's the NPC that Brodor stepped into. She was the perfect character to hand to somebody because she's established enough and she's ingrained within the group and she does have a personality and quirks, but she, her canvas is not done being painted on. Yeah. There's a lot of empty space there to move into as far as developing a character. And I just don't mean the story. I mean, just the voice of the character. She was a sketched out character, not a fleshed out character. Whereas fat Tony is a pretty fleshed out character. Hearts is a pretty defined character. Um, the other girl who was stabbed, um, Molly, Molly, if she had not been stabbed, she was a really fleshed out character. Those are hard to jump into. I'm honestly, at a loss of what to do. So let's slide. Let's keep working through the possibilities. Yeah. Oh, so, let's also explain too why we can't just hand wave the possibility three injury is hand yeah. wave the injury. So you either speed up healing or you just say, you know what? I know you sustained that injury, but we're just not going to. It's not as bad as you thought. We're not going to make <laughs> it as bad as you thought. We're going to tone it back a bit. Or if you're playing something that has magic, mm-hmm. you happen along somebody where you do some minor favor for them and in return they heal your wounds or whatever it is that they need to do. And you can always find something where somebody gets you back on Mm -hmm. the path. And so you know, we've established within at least this setting, while it's incredibly uncommon, regenerative medicines do exist somewhere. And we already did the regenerative medicine thing last game. And and so that, I think, is a fair option right. of hand-waving either the wound, its importance, mm-hmm. or its recovery rate to get the person back in the action because it's far better to play somebody who's involved than somebody who's bleeding. Right. Okay, let's talk about why we're not doing that. <laughs> why that's not a good fit for this situation. Yeah. It's not skies of glass. 
if this were D&D, if this were Dresden, if this were Blades in the Dark, Shadowrun, any of that, it would be fine to do that, in my opinion. Because even if you're playing those types of games where they're very gritty, they're very adventurous. Very Lots of swashbuckling. And when you do swashbuckling adventures, you really don't want to be bogged down with medical drama. You really don't want to deal... Like, an injury is an opportunity for a cool scar in those games. In Skies of Glass, it's all about the gritty realism. It's all about you make decisions, and if you go into a fight or you go into a situation where you could get hurt, you actually, as a player, have to stop and think about it and say, am I willing to risk my character in character? Yeah, and we've talked about that quite a bit, that that is one of the key aspects of the game and setting for us. Mm -hmm is that second thought about going into combat. Right. That means for me, character death is always on the table. Mm -hmm. No character I ever play will be safe in Skies of Glass. Yeah. The Just same. make sure they die. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing as you're talking here. We don't want to have a serious injury hand-waved because yeah. then there's not, there isn't that consequence. Right. The consequence is important in this setting. Mm -hmm. At least for me, and I think for Chad yeah. as well. And the situation that brought that consequence about, because one of the other characters, Junior, uh, Eric's character from Gamer's Table, because yes. we bought the, the we bought T. the capital T, T. Uh, the Gamer's Table. He did this thing where I mean, he he's like a, a real wimp, non combat guy, or at least that's what we think of him. And in the situation, he turned into this brave hero. And it was like this aspect of his character. He used you as a body shield. So that was yeah. that was really neat. I was on a mo was motorcycle. Brave or heroic? <laughs> well, it was it was capable, okay, right? Yeah, he, okay. was, he showed himself to be capable in a hard situation where we never thought he would be. Yeah. So we roll up on a bike, a motorcycle. He's on the back. I'm driving it. I get shot with a rifle. I drop the bike. I'm stumbling about falling over. He leaps off grabs my character as my character stumbling over who's twice as big as he is uses him as a human shield takes my gun out of my holster puts a bullet in the eye of the guy who shot me who's on the roof of the building puts the gun back in my holster and drops me <laughs> <laughs> and i'm the asshole so <laughs> I, I just got done saying he's the asshole yeah, i know <laughs> oh, the cheek but uh, yeah. heroic about that. <laughs> it was impressive. It was impressive, and it, it was capable. To suddenly say, well, it was just a flesh wound. Gil was overreacting. He was being a whitey bitch. It wasn't a big deal. It lessens what Eric did, which was a big, cool character moment for right. him. I love being a part of that. That was really neat to have my character abused you know, I, like a dick. I do want to give an aside here before we return to possible ways of fixing this, mm. which is to say that I cannot stress enough that player enjoyment ought to trump everything else in the game. Yes. If at some point Chad looks at me and says, okay, Dan, I'm just not having fun anymore, mm. then at this point we need to unpucker right. and okay, here's an NPC, or we're going to speed up your wound. Yeah. You, you don't like it, it'll take something from the game, but you know what? Being unhappy and bored will be worse. Yeah, or cantankerous or right. whatever. I mean, I've played with players where... You're a player when you get bored. You well, no, I, I'm thinking of one <laughs> one guy in particular yeah. where it was, a, it was a Skies of Glass game, different mm -hmm. game, many years back, 
and his character got shot in the foot mm-hmm. while he was walking through a sewer. Right. And his foot got not only injured, but then hideously infected. Mm-hmm. And this was something that could have been dealt with over time. And his character was not completely incapacitated. He right. was just literally hobbled. Yeah. And, oh my goodness gracious, the amount of bitching and whining. <laughs> I, he seriously got to the point he was about ready to have his character commit suicide. Yeah. Because he had a limp. As dark as that is. Right. Just so he could basically be rid of the character and play a new one. Yes. And it's like, okay, fine. You know what? (laughs) It's not worth it. Yeah. And so you could argue he's just being a bitch. Mm -hmm. But I think it is fair to say that in any of those situations, nobody comes to game to not game. Right. Or if they do, kick them out of the group. Mm -hmm. But we have to presuppose everyone's at that table to play the game. If they can't play the game... That's not a successful session for them. Yeah. So don't be such a hard ass about all the details. I think there are times where it's right to pick any of these options or the ones we have yet to give to get people back in the action. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next one I want to give is to simply compensate for the injury. Now, here's what I mean by that. In your case, Gil has taken a serious chest injury yes this has restricted his alertness and his mobility now there are technologies yeah his body and his agility yes his body is three his agility is three which i will add is what lee's body and agility was only lee had a gigantic brain gil does not have a gigantic brain (laughs) he just has a gaping wound right (laughs) but there are technologies within the game for example the movement assist frame that Casey had. Right. The combat drugs mm-hmm. that don't require a high level of technology to make. Right. The fact that you have a literal construction robot mm-hmm. that could simply carry you around. <laughs> there are ways that I can accommodate right. what's going on here. and Like, I, like ADA for role-playing games. Yes. <laughs> if you were talking about D&D and your character's out of hit points and for some reason I don't want to heal you, I could still give you a ring that has a shield that absorbs 70 points of barrier damage Mm -hmm. whatever, okay? You can fit this to the situation if you're playing Shadowrun. Maybe you can't be there directly, but your character has a hacking skill. Right. And so you can observe through security cameras or control a drone. I said that was going to be one of my suggestions of, I don't know if it fits for Gil's character, but... For a lot of characters, make them the man behind the keyboard for a right, while. Yeah. Right. See, if that had happened to Lee, well, A, Lee would be dead because Lee has three body points. That, yeah. that it was a min-max experiment. But Gil's thing is he's not Hacker Man. He's the guy who bashes heads. That's his thing. Well, and in Battletech, this would work really yeah. well because you can always put somebody in some kind of supplementary role. Right. So even if I don't have an extra vehicle or infantry platoon or something to give you, I can still be like, all right, mm-hmm. you're in C3. Yeah. And I'll hack out some rules really quick where every round you can have so many seconds to give mm-hmm. advice to the players. And I'll let you roll some dice against tactics or something. And based on what you roll, I might tell you something about the enemy's intentions. Yeah. Or give them a bonus to well, initiative. There are ways that I can still have you in sort of this detached yeah. view of the situation. And what we could do in, in Skies of Glass, in this situation, we have this advanced vehicle. Suddenly we could, because we haven't torn it apart yet, somebody finds a glove compartment with a radio headset and mic, 
and a, and a walkie-talkie. In fact, I think we even picked some up. We have all of those things. So Gil could be there on a headset, and he can listen in, and he can say things. And because Gil is a gigantic asshole, <laughs> the first thing the group will do will go, click, or <laughs> sorry, sorry, Gil, you're not coming in. You <laughs> so, which is my fault. I mean, because well, your choice at any choice, rate. Yeah, yeah, your choice I, at any rate. I made a asshole, but the, uh, okay. A great <laughs> Along those lines, right. though, we have also established you guys have a vehicle. Yes, you guys have a truck. The truck has a gun mount that mm-hmm. can be controlled by a joystick. Mm-hmm. That is a role he can perform even in his current state. Yes. Now. Unfortunately, what that means is somehow I would have to come up with a way that every situation occurs right in front of the truck. Well, if they go into a bar, I have to drive the truck into a bar. I mean, (laughs) it's that simple. (laughs) You can't miss out. I know, right? You've got that FOMO kicking your ass. (laughs) Right. So I'm there. It's a random aside. Real life, I have bad FOMO. What is FOMO? Fear of missing out. Oh. Like when you just have to be there, do something, not even because you care, but because you're afraid you'll miss something cool. Hmm. You ever done that, like played a video game, you're not really sure you want to play or something just because you're afraid of missing out on, like, the next day everyone's like, holy crap, that was so (laughs) badass when blah, blah, blah happened. And so you force yourself to try it or to show up just uh no. No? Okay. No. I can't think of it. I go to either. places. I, I don't know. I bring a book. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I, I know there's people listening who've got FOMO sure. right no, along I, with and me. I can't identify with it. I, I get it. I used to have that as a kid, though. Didn't want to go to bed because all the cool stuff happens at night once you're in bed. Mm. Didn't want to miss out. There's no cool stuff that happens. So partially, a lot of the advice we're giving is me shooting down ideas, but I don't mean to sound like a complete bitch about it. It is to demonstrate all the different ideas and avenues that someone listening as a game master can present to their players if they're in the same situation. What's ultimately going to happen is I'm going to pick one of these and we're going to go with it. And that's going to be that. But there's also, I think, a, a player dimension to this too. What can the player do in this situation where their character is getting benched and there's just no real accessible or reasonable alternative at the moment to alleviate that? I mean, a lot of times I think that we can say, well, that's going to be in the Game Master's hands. Like, well, you know, the Game Master's got a lot of stuff going on. Let and me give you one for that. that could be done by either the Game Master or the player. And I think it's going to be difficult for either. Mm-hmm. It could be done. From a Game Master's perspective, you have the game come to the player. Right. Star Trek. You have the episodes where they go to other places or they beam down to a planet. And then you have those episodes that take place... In three rooms, mm-hmm. you know, or just the holodeck goes off the rails or whatever. In the same way, I could come up with some things where the people that you're talking to or the intrigue you're dealing with comes to the truck. Yeah. Now, I think certainly in the prior game where you guys were doing a lot more intrigue, a lot more wheeling and dealing, I could really easily have had the game come to the boat. Mm-hmm. That's a lot harder with these characters because they're not as motivated by the intrigue, Mm -hmm. which there might be a show topic in there of how I'm having to try to readjust because I think I'm still struggling to treat this as a distinct campaign yeah, and not simply as an extension of the prior campaign. From a player's perspective, the player can try and create or draw action to where they are. Now, the problem here from the player's side is one, the player has limited agency. The player, especially depending upon the game, can't simply 
create out of thin air things to do where mm-hmm. they are. Now, they might be inventive or resourceful, or they might be annoying. And <laughs> yeah. so, it's, and, and that's kind of where I was because Gil's an able, I didn't have anything to do, so I'm doing head stuff. Yeah, <laughs> take a three-year-old with you somewhere <laughs> and bring no toys with them whatsoever for them to play with. Right. And watch what happens. Mm-hmm. So I think from a player perspective, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, am I really benched? Right. This is the thing that I did. I can't do that now. What else is there about my character? How? What yeah. else can I draw up? In the case of Gil in the last game, he can still talk to us quite a bit. Yes. Uh, we could have had headphones and things. The other aspect that he has, though, is the drugged up. Yeah. So if we can, if he can get past the drugged up and be coherent, I think there's more you can bring out and, of him. And I think I'm going to have to get past the drugged up because Gil is a recovering alcoholic. And it's one thing, like, he just got shot, shoved some pills in him so he stopped screaming. And then it's another to, he's got to make a decision. It's like, okay, if I keep popping this Oxycontin or something, I am falling off the wagon again. And so whatever pain comes, I can't do it because I can't trust myself to do it. So that can be stepped around, definitely. I think my problem in the game, and I think a problem that a lot of people would have, is everything is very mobile, even in a short distance. Going two streets down to this other building, there was a cop shop, a police station. And they broke into it, and there's all this stuff going on, and there's investigations and looting and all this cool stuff. And I was role-playing out. I mean, you have to remember, Gil was, it, there's no points to it, but there were, is basically two wounds away from dying. And he got shot in his chest by a high-powered rifle. And the only thing that saved his life was the fact that I had a piece of metal armor on. And even then, I'm like, okay, how did that save him? Except I, you know, that maybe it was a hollow point. All the energy was expended, and just decelerates the round. Right, right. So to me, even walking down the street was difficult to do to role play that out. And And he should be, he should be just staying immobile. And he was still recovering from broken ribs before the game. Right. So one of the issues that I think the player can do, I'll actually extend to the players. They were fine. They didn't do anything wrong. But if the opportunity presents itself, the party should not move far from the benched player. They should keep the role playing and the action near that benched player. But everybody also has to keep in mind, how long is this benching going to take place? You know, do we have to camp here and role play out for the next 10 gaming sessions within the, the same 10 feet? If that's the case, then, yeah, maybe we need to put the character on ice and bring up an NPC or something. But yeah, I think in a for a short term solution, the other players need to consolidate around the benched character. Yeah, they don't have to run off. Right. If you're playing D anD D and you've got somebody who's out of spells or somebody who's low on hit points, you can opt to avoid danger for a while. Well, in- or take that rest or whatever. There are things you can do, or you can say, you know what? Let's focus this session on doing something that's role playing around the town. As opposed to going out and killing things. Well, and in the game, one of our major NPCs got benched in the same fight. Worse off than Gil is. Gil got benched. So they're both in the truck. The doctor that's treating them is in the truck because he cannot realistically and reasonably leave these two, that people that he's caring for, and then all the other players go off. 
So now there are two player characters and an NPC who are totally separated with nothing to do. Yeah, there needs to be some understanding there to kind of like work with that. Because when you bench a character, it is you do have the potential to affect more than just your one player and your one character. But again, I I don't want to sound like I'm bitching about the other guys or anything. Everything. I think it's still a fair point, though, because as you mentioned, it's not just you that's benched by this. I didn't even think about that angle. But you're right. Brandon's character. Yeah. Dr. Poe. He was benched for 80% of the game. Yeah. He's not as benched as you guys are. He's just tied to it. Yeah. But he can't be gone too long. Right. I mean, you're stabilized. So he doesn't have to be right there every second of every day. Mm -hmm. But you are still bad enough off that he does need to be nearby and changing bandages and checking on you and things like that. So, yeah, you're right. It's Mm -hmm. not just benching. And it'd also be pretty crappy role play. If he's like, well, yeah, I know they're dying, but I'm just not going to do the doctor thing. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just going to not be around. Wait, they're they're breaking into a police station? There's guns and armor and stuff? I am there. Don't bleed too much. He asked for more doctor stuff. Be careful yeah. what you wish for. That's right. That's right. But I think that as a player who is benched, I think that, Dan, you gave you gave the advice way earlier in the episode. And it's the advice that everyone should follow if they find themselves in this situation. Unpucker. Like we did. Every single item, piece of advice that we gave, I was able to shoot down. Don't shoot them down. Yeah. Pick one. Well, Go on. Continue. Hey, let me, <laughs> this is sort of an extension of what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But a piece of advice I have for the player is be receptive to the bone the game master is throwing you. Right. Now, That's fine if there are certain things that you just don't feel are right for the game. All Mm -hmm. right. So when I asked you, for example, well, do we just want to hand wave the severity of the wound or the rate at which it heals? You said, no, that's important to the internal consistency of the game for me. Okay, fine. And that's okay. Yeah. So long as it's not like everything I put out there gets shot down. Let me give you an example. I already have ideas Mm -hmm. for how I can create action in and around the truck where you guys are going without making it a boring game. All right, this <laughs> right. is not going to be a medical drama. There are ways that I can make things happen that Gil's immobility will not keep him out of the action, maybe at some points, mm-hmm. but sure. it's not like you're going to be out of the action 75, 80, 90% of the time. Hmm. Reverse. You'll be in the action 75, 80, 90% of the time. As but, long as you get over the drugs. <laughs> but, <Right>. but if <laughs> I throw that in there and you don't bite... Mm-hmm. You know, because one by yeah. one, you take away all the tools in the tool bag until yeah, I'm I'm just carrying left. an empty bag. Right. And it's like, look, I've tried it all. What is it you want? Right. You know, I can't. I know you came here to game. I don't want you bored and agitated and being the you before Snickers. But <laughs> you get that means you got to yeah. bite at something. Absolutely. And so there's a give and take about the unpuckering. Where both the GM needs to unpucker right. and, and offer the, something, but the player needs to unpucker and accept something. And I think the other players need to let that happen. I think that if there's something that the other players don't want, like uh, we'll say the uh, the wound thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's very important to you, Wayne, is yep. very important to me. I can't speak for the other guys. I'm sure it's important to them. But if we decide to go with that, I think it would really help if the other players are like, okay, we understand. We're just going to hand wave that. Just don't make it happen too often. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I have no problem with that for your character. Yes, yeah. <laughs> if it were my character, I would want to... Yeah. Okay, so Wayne, let's go back to a somewhat different topic. This wasn't benching, this was death. When your character died, I asked you, I said, do you want GM intervention? And as far as I'm concerned, that conversation was purely you and me. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. there were other people there, but as far as I was concerned, nobody had a say in this conversation but you and me. You know, if you are like, no... For my enjoyment to continue, I really want to keep playing this character. Then, as far as I'm concerned, their sense of internal consistency or whatever has to take a backseat to your fundamental enjoyment of the game. So it's kind of a priority system. And I'm not saying that means Wayne gets to make every decision. But what I am saying is that I think we have to take a sort of utilitarian view here that we want to create the greatest amount of fun for the greatest mm-hmm. number of people. Right. And that may mean somebody else at the table is a little bit thumbing their nose at some decision <laughs> yeah. because out of that, somebody else is going to get significantly more enjoyment than what otherwise would have happened. Just and, think, Chad, if I'd have said, yes, I want to keep playing that character mm-hmm. and that that's the direction I wanted to go, we would have had Molly, Gil, and Boone all sitting in the back of the truck <laughs> right. being watched over by Poe. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then it's a medical drama. And that's my least favorite kind of role-playing game. I hate medical <laughs> drama. It's so boring. It's great. Just paint a big red cross on the, each side right. of the van and yeah. give it nice lights and siren. Yeah. And, yeah, it could just be Dr. Poe's crazy van. Crazy van, it, yeah. It's ambulance. Uh-huh. We go from town to town, not quite ever helping anyone. <laughs> I listened to an actual play recently, and they were playing... There is a medical drama role-playing game. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sure there it's is. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse Engine game, yeah. and it's designed for all of that. They played it set in the Purge world, though. Mm. So it's in the middle of a Purge, and these guys are doing their medical drama thing, saving people in a hospital. That could actually be pretty badass. It was. It was. I, I was that, like, every time you guys keep talking about a medical drama being a horrible thing, I keep thinking, that game was a lot of fun to listen to. Sure. Because it was in the middle of the Purge. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, when I got to say, that that's actually, I don't know what podcast that was. Whoever it was, kudos to you. Because that actually sounds really <laughs> badass. <laughs> And I'm not usually one for mixing stuff like that, but it's an interesting way of uh, taking yeah, it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. angle to tell because, that story from. Well, yeah. because it makes something that's fundamentally uninteresting, which is the purge, which is an excuse for murder or an excuse for trying to survive murder. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of depth and story that you can tell there. Sure. It inverts that. And it actually makes it to where you can tell an interesting story in that, that situation. Yeah. And I, <laughs> if I remember the parameters of the purge, right? Hospitals aren't off limits. Right. So you've got two yeah. problems. You're trying to both save lives, and mm-hmm. I don't know how seriously you take the Hippocratic Oath at that point if somebody's trying to break in to kill one of your patients yeah, or kill you as the doctor. I, I don't know. That's, yeah, and all of that came up during the game as part yeah. of the medical drama. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, yeah, I was to shoot them off on some Thorazine or something. I'm not really clear what you do. Tangent. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a neat concept to explore. So, Chad, yes. what I'm going to try and do in the next game, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm going to try... And bring some action to you. Now, I already got some ideas for how to narrow down the action a bit to things that are closer to home and can involve you even if all you do is hobble a very short radius around (laughs) the the van. Now, just remember, if your idea of bringing action to him is hookers and blow, he's trying to get off the drugs, so just the hookers. (laughs) Well, and also I've been (laughs) shot through the chest. I'm not sure raising his heart rate and respiration is a good idea anyway. All right, but let's say for a moment that Mm -hmm. doesn't pan out. For some reason... 
that just does not pan out. Sure. Just flops. Somebody doesn't recognize what I'm trying to do and, and mm-hmm. trips it up. Whatever happens. What is the fallback you are willing to accept? Hmm. Well, I've always said in Skies of Glass, you should have a backup character. Okay. And I don't really have a backup character for Gil. So my fallback would probably be to make the backup character for Gil and play that individual. And so just retire Gil off to the side that he maybe stays yeah, somewhere to convalesce. And... Yeah, we'll see where the game goes and takes it. And I've played games before where I've played multiple characters within a game. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. Okay. I was just curious what you yeah. would go with. Uh, what's the best of imperfect options mm-hmm. if my attempt to move yeah. the game doesn't work? And I would say if I did that, if I made another character, I would probably want to do it splitsy, where we have Gil there, and then we, you and I on the side, engineer a situation where the characters transitioned in. Because how Wayne's character got in, which was fine, it, it was so sudden, and Wayne passed you a note card, and he very happenstance was there and involved in the situation, which was, again, was fine. It worked out in the heat of the moment. Yep. And then able to fully retro, you know, retcon exactly how that had built up later. And I think it would be better if we go that path to have the path into the group more carefully laid out instead of erupting from the earth or dropping from the trees or I'm preferring you know, when we started the show, and I would like the show, I don't mean this mm-hmm. episode, I mean Fear of the Boot, we talked about characters erupting from the earth, but mm-hmm. now I'm actually liking the pitfall image a bit more, where you just kind of drop from the trees. Drop from the trees. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just like that more. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, check the show notes. I don't know what we'll have links to, but... Lots of stuff. Yeah, lots of stuff, and also look around fearoftheboot.com. There's links to all kinds of good stuff there. And the actual plays, Mm -hmm. ap.feartheboot.com. No, www, just ap.feartheboot.com. So thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. See you. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2018. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy Network of Shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.